welcome, 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 welcome to Daybreak Community Church this morning. We're excited to have you with us. We're, we're wrapping up this uh, series on, is it actually okay to doubt? And where does doubt actually fit into our journey of faith? You might have had this question, why would a loving God allow bad things to happen? Why would a loving God actually not be in control here on the earth? As we explore this question today, I want us to realize, and in that realization, I actually want us to recognize that even Jesus himself experienced bad things. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen behind me. Don't worry. From noon, verse 45, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. About three, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And I'm not going to show you my seminary education by trying to say that nicely. God, God, why have you forsaken me? And, And the Greek word, if we went back and looked at the Greek word, it actually means to scream. Literally, Jesus screamed on the cross. You know, the interesting thing, forsaken, we don't use that word often, but forsaken actually means to be rejected, to be deserted, to let go, to feel abandoned. While Jesus was on the cross, he had deep feelings of being abandoned and rejected. You know, I I think about Jesus during the day on earth. Before Jesus was crucified, he had been abandoned by everyone. Judas, one of the twelve disciples, abandoned him and rejected him and turned his back on him. The crowd that was following Jesus, they left him. His own disciples left him. The people beat him, they whipped him, they spit on him, they humiliated Jesus, and then Jesus hung all by himself on the cross. As he was on the cross... Nails in his hands, nails in his feet. He was carrying yours and my sin. He was carrying my sin on the cross. And because he was carrying our sin, the Bible says that our Heavenly Father actually abandoned Jesus at that moment. Jesus felt rejected by the Heavenly Father. We all know it's painful if we ever feel rejected. It, it, it's painful if you've ever felt abandoned. I know that many of us can relate to this because maybe you've had a spouse that has ripped your heart out and left you and your heart is hurting. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was a parent that walked out on you when you were a kid as a teenager and you felt rejected and abandoned. Maybe it was a girlfriend or boyfriend that rejected you or maybe a close friend that rejected you. Maybe it was in your workplace. It was your employee or your employer. Maybe it was a coworker that left you high and dry. I don't want us to raise our hands, but I'm sure many of us can relate to that. We can agree that it deeply hurts when you're rejected, but it's even worse when you feel abandoned by God. 
It's a worse feeling that, that when you're going, God, God, where are you? God, why is this happening to me? God, why is this going on in our world? God, why the pain? Why do I feel like you've forsaken me, God? Do you even care? Do you hear me? Where are you in the middle of my pain? I realize that's exactly how some of you feel today. God, where are you? There's nothing like feeling all alone. I've seen time and time again in almost 30 years of doing this. I've seen people that feel like God has abandoned me. He's left me. He's rejected me. We end up getting mad at God. We start doubting God. We run away from God. And instead of running to God, we run in the opposite direction. I've seen people get so angry at God. They say, God, are you even real? Are you even here? They can end up cursing God and get to a place where you start doubting God that you quit praying. You quit reading your Bible. You quit coming to church. You quit giving quit serving, you quit uh, leaning into the things of God. So today, for the next few moments, I want us to process together. I I want us to learn actually right responses when we feel like God has abandoned us. I want us to learn the right way to handle. May those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? May those words ring true to us and may we actually know how to respond to those. Here's the very first one. When we feel like God's abandoned us, our first response, the right response, is to remind ourselves that God loves us and is with us. If you're a Christ follower, even on the worst day, God is with you. God has not left you on your worst day. God is with you. Hebrews 13. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said these words, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You need to know that because God is with you, you're never alone. Matthew 28 verse 20, when Jesus was getting ready to leave his disciples, he said these words to them in teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. No matter how far that we feel from God right now, God is with us. I know for some of you, you may feel isolated. God is with you. You may feel abandoned. God is with you. You may feel lonely. God is with you. I know it may be hard right now, but God is with you. I know you may be confused and discombobulated, but God is with you. You're not alone. But because God is with you, you can take your hard questions to God. Hebrews 4, the author Paul said this to the church. The high priest of ours understands our weakness. Jesus understands our weakness. And he has faced all the same testings as we do. Yet he does not sin. So let us come boldly with great confidence to the throne of our gracious God. Therefore... We will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Friends, go to God's throne boldly. 
Go to God with bold prayers, with bold questions. Go with your bold concerns. I can tell you today, God is not intimidated by your bold questions. God is not scared of your bold concerns that you bring to him. Take your hard questions to God. God, why did this happen? God, why did they die? God, why did they leave me? God, why didn't I get accepted into college? God, why the divorce? God, why the cancer? God, why the constant migraine headaches? God, why are there starving children in our world? God, why are there wars? Why are there human trafficking? God, why the hatred? Why the abuse? Why the pain? Why didn't you intervene, God? I know you're all powerful. Why didn't you show up and do something? Why didn't you heal? You can take your bold, hard questions to God. Here's what Scripture says. When you go boldly to God's throne, He says you'll receive His mercy, His grace, and help when you need it the most. Take your bold questions to God and God will help you. Friends, I've done this time and time again because there's times I've been angry. Times I've been confused. I've taken my hard questions to God. God, why this neck pain that I just can't seem to shake? Why, God, I've taken questions to God. There have been times when I've taken hard questions to God. God, give me the clarity. God's spoken to me. He's given me insight that's only from Him. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, I've taken my hard questions to God. You know what God does? God has always given me mercy. God has always given me peace. God has always given me grace. God has always given me His strength. I know it's hard. But God meets me right there and He gives me grace, mercy, and strength. I'm able to make it another day because God always shows up. He wants to be a God who is with you. Friends, this season that you find yourself in is a part of your story. It's not the entire story. Jesus was abandoned on the cross. But that story about Jesus and being abandoned on the cross was just part of his story. Come on, most of us. We know the rest of the story. We just celebrated it a few weeks ago. On the third day, Jesus rose again from the grave. There was purpose in his pain. It was part of the story. It was not the entire story. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 says this, For now we see in a mirror day dimly, but then one day we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have fully known. Right now on earth, you and I know a part. We can't see the whole story. God is writing with our life. God is writing with your situation. But understand that what you're going through is a chapter in the book. It's not the whole book. All you see right now is the chapter that you're living in. But it's only a chapter. Don't let that chapter of your life define the rest of your life. God is with you and God will work all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. I know in my life, I can look back at painful seasons. I look back at challenging, at challenging seasons. I look back at times where I've been deeply hurt. 
And I can look back and the moment it just feels like, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. All I can see is my pain and my hurt. But friends, it's amazing what distance does. Now I can look back a year later or a decade later or 20 years later. I can realize that moment in my life, that pain was a part of my story. It wasn't the whole story. It was a chapter in the book. It wasn't the entire book. Here's the second right response that I want to give to you this morning when we feel like we're abandoned by God. We need to turn the why God into the what God. Whenever you're facing a difficult chapter in your life and it feels like God is not with you, I want you to turn your why questions into what questions. Ask God, what do you want to teach me? The Bible says something very interesting about Jesus in Hebrews 5 verse 8. It says this, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned, hold on to that word learned, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience from the pain on the cross. Remember, he screamed, God, why have you forsaken me? Our Heavenly Father is not intimidated by our why God questions. But you need to understand that Jesus stayed on the cross because of the what. Jesus knew the what was to save humanity. Understand this, whenever you and I are going through a difficult season, a challenging season, the what is so important. If we don't end up turning our why questions into what questions, we end up finding ourselves questioning God's character, His goodness, His love, His promises. So I want us to turn our why into what. Whenever you turn into what God, you start learning from God. God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? I know that there's purpose in the pain. I want you to ask God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to teach me? God, what do you want to do in me? A great example of this is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had what he described as a thorn in his flesh. We don't know know exactly what the thorn was. I do know that on three different occasions, he asked God, God, please remove the thorn that is in my flesh. And God didn't do it. He could have easily felt rejected or abandoned by God. But I want you to see the Apostle's response, the Apostle Paul's response in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 and 8. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations... Therefore, in order to keep me, Paul, from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Paul asked God three times, God, remove the thorn. God, why remove the thorn? Three different times. But I want you to notice, he didn't stay in the why God. He didn't ask God 200 times or 2,000 times. He turned why God into what God. And Paul said the what God was to keep me from being conceited. Paul realized 
that what he felt like rejection from God, that God was really trying to do something inside of him. You see, bad days reveal what's inside of us. Bad days reveal where our faith may be weak or a sin we're struggling with or something that's hindering us from becoming all that God wants us to be. And so on bad days, here's what I've learned. I just turned 51. I've got to learn to steward my pain well and say, what God are you trying to do in me? I don't want to miss what you're doing in me. Just like Paul, you might be trying to work something in me. Just like Paul, God might be trying to use the pain to deal with my pride or to deal with lust or to deal with lying or to deal with greed or to deal with a blind spot in my life. So whenever you're going through pain, friends, turn that why God into what God. What are you wanting to do in me? When God is wanting to do something powerful through your life, oftentimes you and I encounter pain. We encounter trouble. We encounter trials. God always has purpose in the pain. And on Jesus' worst day ever, Jesus paid. I don't want you to miss this. He paid the sin debt for all of humanity on the cross. On the most painful day ever, when we feel abandoned, There was purpose in the pain, and the Father did something powerful through Jesus. Today we get the great privilege of celebrating that we have forgiveness of sins because there was purpose in the pain. Jesus said this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, fixing, focusing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He scorned its shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the pain of the cross because he was focused on what? What God wanted to do through him. I think about Paul, the thorn in the flesh. Yet God used that thorn to do something pretty powerful through Paul. Paul wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. He started churches. He raised up powerful leaders like Timothy. God used that thorn in the flesh, the pain to do something great through his life. I need you to understand this, church. God uses our greatest pain as the launching pad for our greatest calling. Your greatest ministry can come from your greatest misery. God will take your greatest misery and he'll use it for your greatest ministry. But I I want us to not just sit there. Here's the third right response where we feel abandoned by God. When you can't trace God's hand, trust God's heart. When you can't trace God's hand, trust God's heart. When you're going through tough days, bad days, It's important to remember that Jesus is not powerless. The Jesus that you serve, I want you to understand he has power. As a matter of fact, he has so much power, he could have on the cross, he could have called to his Father, called to the angels, he could have himself got off the cross. He had that kind of power, but yet he stayed on the cross. 
because he trusted his heavenly Father's plan. In Luke 23, verse 46, Jesus said this, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. I want you to catch this this morning. He just said, My God, my God, why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? And then he turns right around and says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I still trust you. I commit my spirit into your hands. He turned up his trust in his heavenly Father and his why God moment is not easy, but I still trust you. I don't like this God, but I still trust you. It's painful, but I still trust you. They're hurting me, but I still trust you. When, you, when people feel abandoned or rejected, our first response is often to lose trust in God. Where are you, God? Why is this happening? Don't let bad days cause you to turn down your trust in God. I want to encourage you to trust in God and trust in the promises of God. Listen to these words. Many of them come from Paul. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are always yes in Christ. And through Him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You see, we turn up our trust by saying Amen to the promises of God. Amen means make it be. It's not always easy to see, say amen when you're going through trials and struggles, but can I encourage you to say amen to the promises of God? Keep trusting His promises on bad days. Promises like this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, never will I leave you or forsake you. How about this in Romans chapter 8? You're working all things together for the good. I believe that. Amen. You're taking my bad days and working it for good in promises like Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Amen, God. You're going to do more than I can ask or think. Or promises like this in Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen, God, even with high gas prices, even with crazy inflation, I trust in your promises that you'll provide for me. Promises like Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen, God. Your character has not changed, even on my worst day. God, it's hard, but I trust you. It's difficult, but I trust you. I don't understand it all, but I trust you, even when I can't trace you. Let's pray. God, in the next few minutes as we wrestle through the words that you have for us, may we 
deepen our relationship with you because you're not fearful of what we say to you. May we turn our what God into why. May we turn our why into what. And God, even when we can't see your hand, may we still trust that you're in control. We together say amen and amen and amen. We love you. Amen.